everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of November 24th through December 1st. It is a brand new month. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant. The winner of the Game Awards. And Ben Lemoureux. Not the winner of the Game Awards. Aww. You get an honorable mention in my book, buddy. <laughs> um, we're catching up on the last two weeks of news today, but luckily they were both pretty dry on the Nintendo front, so you probably won't notice any difference in the, the length of the episode. But after the break, we're getting ready for this month's Smash Bros. special broadcast by making our predictions for the stream. We're going to be checking in on some of the chances, you know, for some hopeful fighters like Isaac or K. Rule and uh, discussing what other kinds of content we could see as the DLC run for Smash Bros. comes to a close, uh, because we may be hearing about that very soon. So for now, though, let's jump into the news. We talked about the Game Awards just now. They are coming back this year, 2015, and producer Jeff Cayley wants to do a better job of balancing uh, the kinds of content that it shows out. Uh, so this year, it will be two hours long instead of three. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Um, there will be an equal balance of world premieres, which are basically like these dramatic reveals of big-name games, um, and on-stage awards for developers and games. Uh, hopefully this means a lot less sort of fluffing marketing content is going to be present, but uh, what it does mean as well is we're getting 10 world premieres. Kaylee has also hinted that there will be some sort of tribute to Satoru Iwata shown during the show, but we have no idea any of what that entails. Um, Game Awards, December 3rd, which is tomorrow, by the way, when you're listening to this, at, I believe, 6 p.m. PST. Um, so mark them calendars, December 3rd, Thursday. I honestly don't expect anything huge out of this. Um, we've really gotten nothing huge out of any of these late of the late year award shows except for like maybe dark souls 2 i think was announced at something a couple years ago Mm. so you know if anything it'll be a sequel to something i would imagine i don't think we'll see any big new ip revealed here um that seems like something that's more an e3 caliber announcement yeah well and then also when they say world premiere they they don't always mean a brand new game sometimes it's just like the first necessarily but a big right yeah well for example um Oh, it's, uh, it's Far Cry. We, the new Far Cry game mm. was already announced, but we're going to get our first look at the gameplay for that, right. for example. Yeah. So, you know, we could, we could see something like that with uh, Nintendo, where maybe we see, like, a new trailer or, you know, maybe the first footage of something. Um, we got our first look at the, the gameplay of Zelda U at last year's Game Awards, yeah. for example. Yeah. So. And I'm thinking that they could take this opportunity again to sort of do a big re- sort of re-reveal for Zelda U. Um, you know, I think there's some potential candidates there and for like smash bros dlc you know the cloud thing could be a good thing to detail um maybe pikmin 4 not likely oh yeah that's that's what i was gonna say you know uh that, that would be a good time to maybe drop our first look at pikmin 4 because mm. uh, you know apparently you know miyamoto said back in july that it was almost finished right. so yeah i don't know that they'd pull that out for the game awards just because pikmin is is you know even among nintendo fans it's yeah, it, it doesn't really have enough uh name recognition i would yeah, say yeah it's 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 not a, a high profile franchise really as much as i'd love it to be you know it is the high profile f- franchise Couldn't metroid see? prime federation force oh boy <laughs> I mean, if they had one in the pipeline, it would be a great time to do Metroid Prime 4, but yeah, no, maybe for 2016 sure. um, Yeah, I guess the question is, when do we get a re-reveal of Metroid Prime Federation Force, if not at something like the Game Awards? Because I know Reggie keeps, every time Reggie appears for anything, he's pestered, show us some Metroid. And if Nintendo really wants us to be confident in this game, this would be an opportunity to try to do that. Well, and especially, you know, when he said, oh, well, you guys haven't played it yet. You guys haven't seen that much of it yet. You know, you're, you're making early judgments. Well, you know, show us a little more then. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. But the question yeah. is, is Nintendo?
Nintendo going to really be that confident in this game at this point? Yeah, I don't think so. After seeing the backlash, honestly, um, if they had sort of stuck to their guns in the beginning and said, look, this is going to be a great game. Backlash is wrong, you know, and, t- and told us, look, you're going to see something big. It's going to be great. Then maybe I'd believe it. But, you know, after hearing all that criticism about it, they their response was basically, well, that was unexpected. We're sorry. Metroid Prime 4 isn't off the table for NX. Yeah. Any, maybe like Twilight Princess HD or something? You know, Twilight Princess was such a huge announcement back in uh, 2004, I think it was. I, th- um, I think the weird thing about Twilight Princess HD is unless they're adding like actual new content, um, there's really nothing that would be suitable to show. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Like a gameplay trailer showing like how they're using the Wii U gamepad's features is something I think people would want to see, but I don't think it's something that's appropriate for an award show stage. Right. Well, and then also, you know, Colin, you said, uh, I don't know if it was the last podcast or one before it or whatnot, but that Twilight Princess HD in 2015, you know, doesn't look as, as good compared to other games in the industry as Twilight Princess did in 2006. So yeah. I don't know if you want to trot out a a not top of the line looking game at the game awards yeah no i i agree with that um i know there's been a lot of talk a lot of people have been wondering are they gonna pull out twilight princess um so i thought we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it but yeah it sounds like we're all on the same page but you know for those of you listening you know if you're not enchanted by the new visuals there in uh, nintendo's official twilight princess hd you may be in luck actually because a small group of fans are working on remaking the game their own way um, you know, it's including new content, new areas, and a new HD look. Um, some of the screenshots are a little off-putting, I'll be honest, but some of them are really, really stunning. Um, you know, and on the whole, it looks like a great project. Yeah, I'm not impressed so far, but there are some some inklings of things that are kind of coming together in an interesting way. Uh, like Splatoon DLC? <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, I, I like the way that they're, they're redoing the lighting and, and things like that, um, but... Yeah, for uh, I think yeah. f- uh, the really impressive fan projects I've seen for for Zelda remakes are the ones that that really r- sort of redo the the models and not just textures. Like for example, if you look at the the video that we have on our on gamnesia.com, uh the the footage they've shown so far, they haven't redone the trees and the trees are really crappy looking. Yeah, and there's there's really only so much you can do to t- touch up the textures and lighting of of models yeah. that are over a decade old. Precisely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a really a truly modern look involves a lot more than what uh what you can put on top of an existing game. Yeah. Um, I think I think the thing that I find interesting about this and a lot of other people are finding interesting is that this is a team of 10 people who are doing this as a hobby. And, uh, you know, it doesn't look astounding, but at least their ambitions for it already seem to be a lot greater than Nintendo's. Nintendo's got this weird fixation on authenticity. Uh, I know even in the Ocarina of Time remake, a lot of people imagined that it might depart a little more from the Nintendo 64 gameplay engine that it was running on. Right. But then you still have things like the camera clipping in, in the same ways that it did, yeah. you know, in 98 and, and things like that. Uh, so the, the visual has got a nice makeover, but but really everything underneath was the same game. Uh, and mm-hmm. and we're seeing a lot of the same thing with Twilight Princess, except for of course Twilight Princess, the you know 3D graphic technology had evolved so much, so they're really just touching yeah. up textures. 
A user on NeoGAF uh, got curious and decided to compare Nintendo's Metacritic performance through the years, and they discovered that 2015 is actually Nintendo's lowest scoring year in a decade. Not exactly surprising, but it is kind of a reality check for anyone defending Nintendo's 2015 lineup, you know, with, with Ultra Smash and Amiibo Festival and stuff, but, uh, you know, obviously this data is based on aggregate scores, so it doesn't reflect how much any given person will enjoy Nintendo's offerings. You know, you can totally still love Nintendo, and you should take that in stride, I think. But, um, you know, as far as the landscape of, of gaming as a whole goes, Nintendo's 2015 is not pretty. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to understand why that's the case. And it's it's not just because the quality of their games on average is bad, but even their heavy hitters this year are way subpar compared to their heavy hitters in previous years. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I love Splatoon. Splatoon's one of my favorite games ever, not just on Wii U. But uh, everyone knows the way it rolled out did not go over well with reviewers. Uh, reviewers said it was light on content. And, you know, even though we knew a lot of the stuff that was coming was coming eventually, uh, that that hasn't factored into review scores. And Splatoon really was the high point of the year. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles X is, is getting, you know, really great reviews as well. But even that, you know, as, as one of the Wii U's heaviest hitters this year, at least as far as review scores go, uh, you know, sales potential is a different story, but that's sitting at 84, and this data actually factored in Xenoblade Chronicles and Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon. They crunched the numbers that the aggregates would be if both of those games got 100 Metacritic scores, and it still is not enough to change the fact that, you know, Nintendo's 2015 is the worst, that they're, they're behind every other year for Nintendo, that they're behind Microsoft and Sony for this year, and so... Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting that you bring up that they're behind Microsoft and Sony, because one of the big things that they've been uh, sort of touting is the fact yeah. that they have have such high review scores. You know, the Reggie and other executives have been saying, hey, it's it's quality over quantity. You know, yeah. we don't have the big budgets. We're not pumping out games as fast as the competition. But, you know, all our games are getting nines and tens. You know, everyone everyone loves our lineup, and we just want to make great, fun games. And, you know, it's not that they're not making great, fun games, but they, uh, they're they not winning in quantity, and now they're not winning in quality yeah. this year. And I, I will say the the one way this could be redeeming for me is if the, they're putting very little resource into 2015 development because they're focusing on giving NX a strong launch. I yeah, hope if so. That, if, if that's the case, then, you know, that'd be, that'd be okay. I could live with that. But, you know, I... Yeah, if, if they, you know, they, they had a, a poor 3DS launch and then they said, you know, we learned from that. We've changed things. Wii U launch is going to be way different. And then it was worse. Right. Um, so I, I really hope that they've actually learned this time and that they're they're focusing a lot of effort on making sure that NX has great games in its you know first six months or so. Yeah. And I'm going to assume that is the case. And I'm going to forgive them for 2015 because, you know, if I'm assuming that the NX launch is going to be great in 2016, I can forgive that. But I will say, I do think there's reason to be optimistic that they have learned for real because, or at least that that if they think they've learned that they won't be proven wrong again, uh, like they were with Wii U, because the graduation from Wii U development to NX development, if NX is what we're sort of expecting it will be, which is essentially a, a Wii U type of hardware with a portable sort of form factor, then I think that developing games for NX will be significantly similar enough to Wii U development that they won't have those problems. Um, you know, graduating from Wii and 3DS development to Wii U development was a huge thing that they didn't foresee. They should have foreseen it, but because it was, you know, that that jump from SD to 1080p HD, everything's got to be gorgeous. And now they're used to that for three or so years now. Um, so. 
I think for for me, not having to split the audience uh, between handheld and console will, will probably be the bigger thing. Yeah, that's true too. You know, the the most staggering thing about any Nintendo hardware launch is that. First of all, they cut off support for the previous hardware in about the year or two before they launch something new. And then uh, even if they launch new hardware back-to-back, like with 3DS and Wii U, the 3DS basically goes quiet for a little bit while they do the Wii U launch. Yeah. And if uh, NX really does share tools and assets to the extent that they've been saying, that that sort of split effort won't need to, to happen with NX. Yeah. Um, it, I, I'm a little less positive on, or at least a, I see a little less of a silver lining with 2015, how 2015 has gone, because even if they're gearing up for NX, it's still been a really big problem for them that they've been really bad at following up with the tail end of their hardware cycle. And I was hoping that they saw, you know, having that follow up as important, given that they've said they were prioritizing making Wii U owners happy so that they have goodwill going into their next hardware launch. Um, but but I do see where you guys are coming from. Yeah, I remember with, with Wii the last two years, they didn't really have any big sellers um, and, you know, outside of Splatoon, it kind of looks like we're seeing the same thing with Wii U. So, like, like I said before, I, I hope it's because they're putting so much effort into NX, but I'm not quite as uh, optimistic about it as Colin. I'm not, I'm not uh, making that <laughs> assumption. Sure. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's great, actually, that Wii U can't possibly be as bad as Wii, because a lot of people remember that Wii's 2011 was pretty bad. Like, we just, we just got... Uh, the Kirby's Return to Dreamland and Skyward Sword, and those were really the only two major Nintendo games that entire year. And Skyward Sword way undersold expectations, too. Yeah, Skyward Sword undersold expectations and underperformed critically. And and so, uh, but but people forget that 2012 was actually the last year, and we got basically zip, unless you lived in America and you liked Xenoblade. Um, And that was a late game. Right. Uh, We probably won't be like that. We still have some decent heavy hitters like Star Fox and Zelda coming in 2016. So assuming NX launches in 2016, uh, we will have a better send-off than we. Although, Xenoblade Chronicles X does launch worldwide this Friday. It's been in Japan for a while, but uh, in in Western territories. And so reviews are rolling in now. The consensus seems to be that it is a must-have for JRPG fans. It's an incredible open-world game, worthy of comparison to the most hugely hyped games of the year, like Fallout or The Witcher. Um, And basically that it stands out as one of 2015's best titles, not just for Nintendo, but for all of gaming. Um, its Metacritic average is 84, by the way, for those of you curious, since we were just talking about um, those review scores, uh, the whole of last the last talking point doesn't change, remember, because of the, the thing about crunching the numbers if Xenoblade scored 100. But uh, anyway, it's, it's doing great. If you're interested, you should totally check it out. Anyone have anything to say about that? I'm stoked. It comes out this Friday, and yeah. I just, for completely ad-related reasons, I'm taking Friday off. So, yay! <laughs> <laughs> No, really, actually, unrelated reasons. No, there you go. Um, <laughs> so it'll be good to see whether it actually stands up against those Western open world games. Uh, that's yeah. one thing I'll be paying um, close attention to when I'm playing the game. The one yeah. thing that I did notice as a negative in a, a lot of different review scores is that a lot of people said the the way the game teaches you how to play it is is kind of poor. Like the user interface isn't very mm. user friendly, and it's it's a little difficult for for uh, newcomers to really grasp what's going on. So, I mean, I, I didn't really play much of uh, the original Xenoblade. I you know, played a couple hours for it, of it, so I'm not sure if it's uh, it's something that's going to turn away new fans or if it's, you know, just 
something that's really not going to make that big of a difference in the end yeah um my experience with the original was yeah there were a lot of systems that weren't very adequately explained and this game will have more systems but you can Mm -hmm. find information on the systems if you dig through the tutorials and stuff right so hopefully it's the same seems to corroborate the idea that they're there but it's really not user-friendly yeah. Though the development team at Monolith Soft recently did sit down for an interview, and there were a few interesting tidbits that came out. Uh, probably I would say the most interesting piece of info is that the next game from Takahashi's side of Monolith Soft will not be another title in the Xenoblade series. At least it doesn't currently look like it will be. Um, it's in development already, but uh, he also did say a lot more about other stuff, like that his priority uh, with Monolith Soft is not overworking his staff. Um, he also said he's a big fan of Western-made games like GTA and some other interesting stuff that also came out, so you can check out more of that at Gamnesia. Star Fox Zero's director has revealed on Twitter that Crystal will not be involved in the game in any way, so sorry to break that news to any of you Crystal fans out there. Uh, he did say, though, that if he got to make a sequel, then he would love to include her, uh, in the cast. Yeah, I'm not a huge Crystal fan, so I'm not bothered. But, you know, it would be nice to see some more gender diversity in Star Fox. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's pretty much all I have to say. Come to think of it, isn't she literally the only female character in classic Star Fox? The only female character that that was ever playable. There was Kat, the NPC from 64. Yeah. I don't know if Kat ever showed up again later. Okay, forgot about her. Yeah. Huh. That is surprising. Shigesato Itoi, the man behind the Earthbound series, has said many times in the past that he will never make Mother 4. And recently he clarified that sort of idea a little bit. Uh, Itoi compared video game development to pop music in this little explanation, and he said, you know, most pop stars might fizzle out about, you know, three or so albums, but continue to make them till they get 10 or 11 or 12. Um, but, you know, those later ones don't have the good songs anymore. So he says he'd he'd rather, you know, end on a high note with those first three great albums and, you know, leave his legacy where it is. I'm always a little troubled by rock star comparisons made by video game <laughs> developers because I just don't like the idea that they see themselves that way. But I, I saw another metaphor from him that was something like you know this video games are not really my career his career is more storytelling he he said the fact that he's not a video game maker means that he doesn't have to feel like he's compelled to continue making other games because video games aren't his thing um but video games are the thing of video game companies and so there's really no business reason outside of them thinking it won't sell why they shouldn't make another mother game Right. Um, He also has said in the past, you know, basically, the Mother series, these stories are supposed to be about whatever you get out of them um, and whatever qualities that you find in them. So they're they're really, he he really wants it open to interpretation from the player in terms of, you know, the emotion of the story and what it evokes. And and those really broad, vague definitions are kind of what make a Mother game a Mother game. He specifically said, like, I could go watch a play, and if I really liked that play and thought it was funny, I liked the dialogue, that could be Mother 4. Like, that, it, it's a play, it's not, I'm not going to turn it into a game, but I would call it Mother 4, and it would be fine for the creative vision of what the Mother series is. Which sounded kind of to me like he was, like his little subtle way of saying, hey, Nintendo... You should have someone else write them, because yeah. I'm not going to do it, but it doesn't matter, you know, what the story is. The, what matters is is that people are enjoying it. Right. Yeah, if Mother 4 ever does get made, I, I hope it's a video game and not a play. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I understand his reasoning, and if not wanted to push himself beyond what his creativity actually allows him to do at a high level, but... 
I I would just love to see this series continued by someone at Nintendo. Yeah. They they've they've got creative people. He Toy can't be you know the only person who would be capable of following it up. Yeah, and I mean at the least you know they could do some sort of like remake anthology. You know where they they update the visuals. Um, you know make it look really pretty in this in this whatever kind of interesting modernized art style that they they might you know see work for. Uh, a remake of the Mother series that retains all the sort of gameplay and the the, the mechanical features and stuff, but uh, just looks better and, and looks modern and 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 can appease people who want something new and exciting out of Mother. Yeah. Ironically, too, one of his favorite bands, famously, is the Beatles, and their work, The Yellow Submarine, Abbey Road, that was way later in their career. All the stuff they're best known for now is the stuff that's way later on. So I I found that funny. A commenter pointed that out on this, <laughs> that one of his favorite bands just completely defies this this rule that he was that he was mentioning well i think the beatles defied most rules well right exactly (laughs) it's good that he doesn't expect himself to be sort of the exception to his rule yeah nintendo has announced that they are teaming up with disney xd for a mario kart competition called clash of carts four teams of teenagers will be competing in mario kart 8 on december 5th for a televised disney xd event and they will be coached for the tournament by a cast of youtube personalities which probably just means the youtubers will be sitting there while the tv plays all the mario kart games yeah i kind of think maybe they'll be like cheering them on or something or maybe pointing out shortcuts the world's waiting for you kid (laughs) i I love the idea of nintendo teaming up with disney though um it's a shame that they didn't do it for the theme parks but yeah but i'll take this I'm not crazy about, you know, the idea of this event. I don't think it's going to be something that personally I'll enjoy, but I think right. it's great that Nintendo is, uh, you know, taking one of their, their biggest and most fun games and, you know, finding a way to get kids hooked on it because yeah, you know, that's that's what they need. They need to start bringing in younger audiences. Absolutely. And I also think this uh, this could be the start of a beautiful partnership because, you know, just a few weeks ago they re-aired um, the Nintendo World Championships on Disney XD. Oh, that's right, yeah. And now they're doing Mario Kart on Disney XD. So it kind of looks to me like they're sort of really trying to establish the, uh, a presence um, on Disney uh, with you know multiplayer games and things like that, you know making Nintendo fun, making you know playing Nintendo games with your friends and competing fun for kids. This could be the start <laughs> of something new. But yeah, I, I think it's good, and I think this is something they should continue to pursue. Like they could follow this up, you know, in a, in a few more months with uh, like a Smash Bros. tournament. Yeah, totally. Or Splatoon. Splatoon is a, is a huge one considering how popular yeah. that is with uh, young audiences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or Yokai Watch, given that the anime is airing on Disney XD. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of potential. So good move, Nintendo. Yay! Target's online store just had its most successful day in history, thanks to Black Friday, and Wii U was a big part of that. Target was selling the console bundled with Smash Bros. and Splatoon for 250 bucks, and they announced that Wii U was their top-selling item on Target.com that day this year. Although, don't take that quite to mean that Nintendo's popularity is back on the rise again, because they actually lost popularity overall among console buyers, according to one uh, market study of this past Black Friday. And and with NX coming so soon, um, I wouldn't really expect a boost like that, even if it is real. You know, I, I wouldn't expect that boost in popularity from just the one weekend to mean anything for Nintendo's overall relevance in the gaming industry, you know, in the long term. Yeah, and especially since that deal was, you know, just like a a Black Friday deal because mm-hmm. you look at like the competition. Such a good deal. Yeah, it was a great deal. But you know, you look at the competition. Sony was offering PlayStation Four, which is just 
you know, 400 bucks just a few weeks ago. They cut it down to 350 and then for mm -hmm. Black Friday, they cut it down to 300 and bundled all three Uncharted games with yep. it, you know, in the, in the Nathan Drake collection. And then it went over so well, they announced, oh, hey, we're doing that for two more weeks in December now. And we're doing the exact same deal, but with Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. So now, you know, they just took two great console deals and extended them almost all the way till Christmas. So I think, you know, it's, it's a nice start. It's nice to hear that you know, Wii U with that awesome deal was able to to get a little bit of a boost, but I, I think you have to do a lot more than just a Black Friday sale if you want to gain momentum. Yeah. Well, and in particular, Smash Bros. and Splatoon are older games at this point, uh, whereas the competition, they're bundling their brand new stuff. Mm -hmm. yep. Like, even I bought a PS4 this holiday, and I was planning on waiting till it dropped down to, like, 300 but... Well, nope. and, you know, speaking of which, Sony, in that, that market study, Sony gained popularity with all demographics. You know, PS4 sold so, so well on Black Friday, um, you know, and that they're continuing those sales. You know, that it shows that even with an uptick like that from Target, that doesn't mean, you know, great things for the whole of Nintendo, especially not in the long term. Yeah. You know, it's good for now, but it's contextually, it's... Eh. Right. It's it's good for a lot of people who are already thinking about buying a Wii U. That would be their best option. Uh, and But I don't think it convinced a lot of people to suddenly buy a Wii U. Whereas I think what everything that's been going on with PlayStation 4, uh, a lot of people, I think, were convinced this year to buy a PlayStation 4. Yeah. You know, although I will take the opportunity to say, if any of you listening out there don't have a Wii U yet, take advantage of this Black Friday deal because Smash, Splatoon, and a Wii U for $250. This bundle. You, you've got... There's... You do it. <laughs> That's a fantastic bundle. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're into Nintendo <laughs> multiplayer. Finally, the last little discussion segment here. The Nintendo account system is actually coming sooner than we realized because it's already up in Japan. Um, you know, this new account system that they've created to replace Club Nintendo, sync up with mobile games like Mitomo, you know, record all your eShop purchases and stuff. Uh, that is what they've just recently rolled out. Uh, it's probably fair to say that since they've got it in Japan now, we're not too far away from getting it in the West. You guys would agree with that? Yeah, I certainly hope so. I, you know, I imagine they'll take a little time to sort out the bugs and see how their servers hold mm -hmm. up because while well, it's it's Nintendo and online isn't exactly their uh, their strongest priority but at the same time over the past month or so they have done more maintenance that I've seen them do in like the last year before that combined yeah. like there's been maintenance on something almost every day and not just little bits there's been you know four hour downtime here six hour downtime here mm -hmm. there was one day where they said it was going to be that the eShop was going to be offline for 24 hours straight and it ended up only being like 18 or so but you know only 18 or yeah. so so it, it, to me this seems pretty obvious they've been preparing for this for a while and uh yep. one other cool thing is that if you sign up for this in japan now i think it's anytime before february 1st you get basically the same deal that uh the deluxe wii u bundle offered at launch where every eShop purchase you get 10 percent back yeah, you have to buy a lot of stuff on the eShop for that to 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 make it worthwhile, though. Well, I mean, yes but and no. I mean, you... for something that's as easy as registering a Nintendo account, I mean that that is a good deal. Right. Well, like you know, for example, I, I bought a couple AAA games here and there, and then with the savings, I was able to easily score some indie games and stuff like that. So, I mean, you're and if you you're... played your cards right, you could store one of those games on your hard drive at a time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love the idea of, of the, the discounts and the way they're implementing them. They did something similar with the, with the deluxe digital promotion back when Wii U launched. Um, I think it's a missed opportunity, though, not to make these kinds of things permanent. Because if Nintendo's goal really is to get a lot more people uh, engaged with their eShop and a lot more people engaged with their Nintendo accounts, 
they really only stand to gain from people being active with those things. Yeah. Uh, like even if they're making less money on each individual piece of software over time, that adds up when people buy more things. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, one of the biggest things they were looking forward to with the shift to digital, this generation, uh, which will only intensify next generation is that it means games can be cheaper because they don't have to ship them. Yeah. Uh, cause the marginal cost of a piece of digital software is $0. It costs them nothing to give it to you. Uh, well, hopefully they'll embrace that. You know, their digital sales are still currently, their games are priced the same as they are at retail, which they should not be, especially for a lot of those games that are priced higher at retail than they should be anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, so hopefully they'll sort of see that a little bit and we'll see digital games be sold, you know, for 10 or 20 bucks cheaper than their retail counterparts. Yeah. And hopefully they give you more than 32 gigabytes of space to store those digital games. I think they will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, certainly for the console. I don't know about yeah. handheld. Well, yeah. Uh, anyway, though, to conclude the news segment of this week's show, as always, we're bringing you a lightning round with little nuggets of information. If you want to read more about any of the stories we discussed above or anything you hear about in the upcoming lightning round, you can check them out at Gamnesia.com. The latest podcast episode will show up in the scrolling feature bar at the top of the site, and on that page you're going to see all of these links. Uh, first, we've got some upcoming dates to look out for, as well as recent releases. Three new weapons have launched in Splatoon. European players can now download the Xenoblade X data packs. Pokemon trainers can get a special Hoopa from McDonald's through Mystery Gift until December 23rd. They've also got Pokemon toys and trading cards in their Happy Meals. Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon is now available on Nintendo 3DS, and Typo Man is available on Wii U. Puzzle platformer fans, you may want to check that out. We've got a review up on Gamnesia, and there are good things to say. December 2nd, which is tonight, Triforce Heroes 2.0 update launches with some big changes to the game. December 3rd, Pokemon Picross launches in North America, and the 2015 Game Awards premiere online at 9 o'clock p.m. EST, that's 6 o'clock PST. December 4th, Xenoblade Chronicles X launches worldwide on Wii U, that's this Friday, while Mario & Luigi Paper Jam launches for the 3DS in Europe. Colin's gonna buy like six copies of that. Oh my god, I know. Burn them all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this weekend is the next Splatfest in Splatoon, pitting burgers against pizza for an epic food fight, and December 10th, we are getting a new playable fighter announced for Pokken Tournament. And there are a few general facts from last week and reminders for you. Linkle will be playable in the Wii U version of Hyrule Warriors, it is now confirmed. Ganondorf's getting his famous trident as a new weapon in Hyrule Warriors Legends. Super Mario Maker got a Frog Mario outfit and an NES remix level in Japan, and a Paper Jam costume and course are on the way. Japanese gamers had pretty much the same shocked, excited, and confused reactions to Cloud and Smash Bros as we did, uh, so it doesn't seem like uh, his polling, you know, results might have been any better in Japan than they were here. Twilight Princess HD might support Wii remote controls. Mega Man Legacy Collection is not getting a retail release or a gold amiibo in Europe. Buying the Fire Emblem Fates Special Edition lets you play the third version of the game three weeks early. Hideki Kamiya is asking Twitter to vote on the next games he makes, including more work on Okami, Bayonetta, Wonderful One, and more. Uh, apparently, the American version of Bravely Second replaces a Native American character class with a cowboy class. Shantae is joining the cast of the indie RPG Indivisible if it gets funded. And the CEO of Level 5 wants Pokemon and Yokai Watch to coexist. We got new trailers for Hyrule Warriors Legends, starring Toon Link, Skull Kid, and Ganondorf with his new trident. Reggie and Bill wrapped up their very important meeting from the Nintendo Direct, and a new trailer from Shin Megami Tensei Crossfire Emblem details a new character named Maiko. Nintendo's now selling standalone Wii U gamepads in Japan. Nintendo has opened an official store on eBay. EA explains why they don't make games for Wii U or Vita. 
The standalone Chibi Robo Amiibo is an Amazon exclusive in the US, and the big chart that tells you every game that Amiibo works with has been updated with the huge batch of Amiibo that have launched in the last month or so. Check that out if you need a really nice compatibility chart. Amater is bringing Wario's Goldmine and Peach Gardens to Mario Kart 7. The Smashified team has introduced a new series of artwork fusing Splatoon with Mario Sunshine. The Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions tour is still going on, lots of great tour dates. We recently published an editorial about why it's such a must-see show uh, over at Gamnesia, so definitely give that a read, check the show out. And finally, I know this has been a crazy long lightning round, so unfortunately we don't have the time to talk about each individual one, but there have been a ton of incredible fan projects that we've seen in the last few weeks, so be sure to browse around Gamnesia, check those out. It's really incredible what fans can do with a little time and energy, and you know, a lot of them are well deserving of your time. Uh, plus, there's lots of other Nintendo stuff that we didn't, you know, have the time to talk about uh, because we had to cram in the two weeks, but uh, yeah, lots of stuff to check out at Kinesia. Alright everybody, so that marks the end of this week's news segment, but stay tuned because we will be right back with our predictions and thoughts on this month's special Smash broadcast. We're back with more Nintendo Week. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and I'm joined, as always, by Alex Plant. I'm special. And Ben Limoureux. Coming to Smash's DLC. So, Nintendo announced a special broadcast for Super Smash Bros. that is going to be happening this month. We have no idea when it is, but it could be as soon as tomorrow's Game Awards. So we're going to talk about our predictions for the broadcast this week on the show. Um, you know, we'll touch on, you know, what we think could be coming, what they might talk about in the broadcast, what we think of our older predictions now that the end of the year's here, Cloud's coming, you know, it looks like this could very well be the last sort of, the last hurrah for Smash DLC. So it seems like maybe a final check-in. So, uh, we can, you know, we'll take this subject by subject and, and talk about sort of the big types of content that can come. Obviously, what everyone is, you know, super, super hoping for is characters, the characters they love, that they want to see. I think it's safe to say we all think that a character, at least one, will be revealed in this special broadcast. A new character. Yeah, I, I would guess multiple, if it's going to be the last big broadcast. Yeah. And especially since we, you know, we're thinking now that Cloud probably wasn't a result of, uh, the poll. I mean, that means we we haven't seen any of the characters from the poll yet. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, um, there's got to be at least one character, but you know they've haven't had a problem with releasing character trailers outside of the special broadcast. So it's possible we could see more after the broadcast. So let's you know talk about what characters we think they might reveal. They could be ballot characters. They could be you know we know uh, Isaac has been a, a big talking point among Nintendo fans. I know I, I tweeted this the other day, Alex. You you saw this. Um, I kind of am losing hope for Isaac. I'm not sure why. I I just don't feel like that's... You know... I don't feel like it's his time. It's not that I think Isaac, of all Nintendo characters, is particularly unlikely. It's that we've seen so many of the, the reveals up to this point as RPG characters that I think they're done bringing RPG characters into Smash. Yeah, that's that, that could 
be it. Like, there's nothing they can do to top Cloud in terms of, of hype. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hype Cloud is their a spiky-haired swordsman. They don't. They probably won't want to add another spiky-haired swordsman right after Cloud. Like, what's the point? But he's not a spiky-haired swordsman. He's a spiky-haired adept. Well, adept that <laughs> generally uses a sword, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and people have raised in the past that there are a lot of sword users in Smash already. And, of course, they don't have to give him a sword. He could use something else, but we all know he'll they'll give him a sword because that's yeah. his iconic weapon yeah i feel like at this point isaac is pretty likely as a costume uh i don't know why they haven't released him as a costume yet yeah yeah i, yeah. I think I he'll know. be a smash be character eventually but i'm not so sure he'll be a dlc for smash 4 well i mean i, I think he has a chance to be a smash character if we get uh, another game in the franchise but right <laughs> i don't even know if that's gonna happen they've been so quiet about it for so long yeah i think that's totally up in the air uh king k rule king k rule oh man of all the Western characters, and Smash needs more Western characters, he has the best shot for sure. Well, he's definitely number one in, at least it, you know, from our this sort of representative data we have, definitely number one as far as a first-party character, uh, both in terms of Western popularity and Japanese popularity. So I feel like our, our stance on King K. Rool is pretty much the same as it's sort of always been. He should be in Smash, but the question is, is the drive there to put him in Smash? Right, right. You know, yeah. Sakurai doesn't seem to really want to, so. Well, and then also, you know, he just, he hasn't been a part of the, the last couple of Donkey Kong games, so they might not trust that he has that recognition, but hopefully the, the polls change their mind about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the fans' sort of reaction to to Smash Bros. and Donkey Kong, especially, like, regarding the Kremlings recently, I think that's more than proven to Nintendo that King K. Rule and the Kremlings are really the bad guys in the Donkey Kong series and that they need to go back to that. The fact that there was a costume in the first place tells us that they know it. Exactly, exactly. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that part, but I, I, I think... I, I think if there's justice in this world, we'll get K. Rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, need more villains, need more heavy characters, need more characters that originated in the West, need more Donkey mm-hmm. Kong. I mean, everything tells us that we want him and that he should be there, but... Well, yeah, and he's the most popular. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. all of those reasons for, like, a roster, plus everyone wants him the most. I mean... And Sakurai did say it's all fan service from here. Yep. But maybe he meant Final Fantasy fans, right? Maybe uh, he <laughs> went. Maybe he meant completely off the wall stuff that no one would have yeah. actually guessed would actually happen. Uh, Inklings, you know, I still want to say, I really want to say that they'll be there. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I really can't read Sakurai at this point. That's what I feel like about everyone. Yeah, it's yeah, like well, it's 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 because he's he's you know said so little. He's given so little update in terms of you know what he's you know considering uh-huh. for DLC. Um, I, I do think it's kind of interesting that Smash Bros. and Splatoon are offered in a bundle, and that you know that bundle was apparently extremely right. popular uh, at least yeah. to Target. So I I think the situation is ripe where they they could introduce Splatoon characters that the Inklings into uh, into Smash Bros. and a lot of people have just gotten both games for the first time, and you know that'll be a, mm-hmm. a a great little crossover between the two for them. But whether or not they'll actually do it, that's actually a really interesting idea. I'd never yeah. considered that. Awesome. <laughs> Fan favorites: Shovel Knight. Please. I mean, yeah, (laughs) please. If an indie character is going to get in, it's going to be Shovel Knight. But, you know, that's the big the big if. I feel like now that November's come and gone, unless they change their plans about, you know, releasing Shovel Knight, which they totally could have because, you know, we saw the retail version of Shovel Knight got delayed. The Shovel Knight Amiibo got delayed. um, 
But, you know, the original sort of information was that Shovel Knight was going to be coming around, like, November, and we haven't heard anything about Shovel Knight. Like, Yacht Club is still not talking, which still sort of suggests to me they've got something to hide. But... Well, yeah, and if the um, the Amiibo had the Amiibo had to be delayed, you know, I don't know if it was for manufacturing purposes or what, but, uh, you know, it would make sense that they would delay any announcement of, uh, yeah. of DLC in Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah. What are we thinking about Wolf? Maybe Wolf or some other veterans from Nintendo, like uh, Young Link or Pichu or something. I would say Wolf has the best chance of veterans, just because you know oh, almost for sure uh, almost everyone who's been you know playing the series since Melee has just had a fit over the fact that he's <laughs> he's not available. In this, right. So, right. and if if you want to talk about fan service, there's there's a lot of fans who have been requesting. Well, him, yeah, so. and he he's been polling really well. You know, he sort of stands up there with a lot of the newcomers' uh, requests. Um, mm-hmm. Is bring Wolf back? So I can't imagine they wouldn't do that. I could kind of see them maybe reintroducing a couple other cut characters uh, who maybe you know are not as expected to return. But you know, I, I think that's more a matter of whether or not he sort of decides, oh, let's bring these guys back, why not? You know, we've got a little bit of time, we can make a little bit of money off of it. Wolf in particular, though, is the sort of opportunistic for character. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, especially yeah. with the, the way the timeline for DLC has gone so far, plus the release of Star Fox, and yep. everything just seems to be pointing toward him coming out at around that time. Um, yeah. And then Snake, I feel like, is more likely now, now that we've got Cloud, you know, seeing the return of Snake... Who, again, who knows, <laughs> especially because that's such, you know, you know, you, you, we got to do the licensing and all that. Kojima in particular. Yeah. Being because um, a lot of people are. I remember this being hearsay at the time. I don't know how true it was, but but Sakurai was saying Kojima was the big reason why Snake was in Smash. Right. And with well, Kojima yeah, yeah. not be having such pull at Konami anymore. I don't know that that's. No, no, he's just on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I do see sort of. The flip side of that coin, where Sakurai is all about representing, you know, really popular characters in their truest form through Smash Bros. Uh, I do kind of see how he might be thinking, well, if Konami is going to completely screw up Metal Gear, I'll ask them for the license. There's no way they're going to say no because it's Smash Bros. And they're Konami. They will do literally anything for money. Um, <laughs> I can I can invite Snake to Smash Bros. Represent Metal Gear in a way that's true to Kojima's vision. Maybe I don't know. A lot of moving parts, though, for sure. Uh, no, I'd yeah, be totally. pretty surprised if if Snake showed up. Yeah, even after Cloud, mm. I'd be pretty surprised. I, I mean, it certainly makes it more of a possibility. But well, it's, he's but it's still, still he surprised. is his sort of fan response has been similar to Wolf's, like very similar. And I think the thing that made the difference between Wolf being almost a lock and Snake being almost definitely not, is the licensing. But, you know, we see Cloud, and so I feel like that kind of evens the playing field. It doesn't really say, you know, Snake is totally going to happen, but I, I feel like it's at least a possibility. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm, I I don't think it's worth a prediction. Just checking in on his chances, you know? Yeah. What do you think about the likelihood that we'll get anyone totally nuts? Do you think Cloud is sort of the end of, of that hype? Or do you think, you know, maybe... <laughs> they're, they're still going to pull some crazy reveals on us. Yeah, I don't know about off-the-wall stuff. Like, I used to think maybe they there was that rumor swirling around that Chorus Kids from Rhythm Heaven would be in, and I thought, well, if they're working on it, maybe they'd bring it in anyway. But now it's like, crazy could really mean anything. It doesn't have to be a Nintendo thing. Wreck-It Ralph, guys, come on! Please! Oh, yeah, that is that is a good one. Especially if they are <laughs> do, especially if the new... Well, when's the new movie supposed to come out? Uh, it's not even... Not anytime soon. No, it's not even... No. That's just my crazy dream. Maybe in Smash 5, but <laughs> at least for now, it's totally insane. 
So I, I don't think it'll happen just because of the way they've sort of shifted away from this as being a, a, its own series. But I would really love to see Paper Mario as a playable character. Yeah. There's, there's just so much they could do with that. Yeah, that'd be really nice. So... Moving on then, though, it sounds like characters pretty much, they're all sort of, maybe except Snake, maybe except Isaac, it sounds like everyone's sort of pretty much in the same boat, but a l- maybe a little less certain than we used to be, given that November's passed and we haven't heard anything. Sounds fair. <laughs> uh, cool. So, no solid predictions on characters. Um, We're too scared now to that Cloud start. has wrecked all of our <laughs> expectations and hopes and dreams. Uh, but new stages, though, maybe, you know, they'll announce some new stages to to promote some games like Splatoon or, you know, they did Super Mario Maker already, but they could do, um, you know, other upcoming stuff like Xenoblade Chronicles X or like it may be something for Hyrule Warriors for Hyrule Warriors Legends um, or returning stages, of course, from past games that people love, you know, Mute City or uh, uh, Saffron City. And, Saffron City would be fun. Oh, Saffron um, City would be the best. Especially seeing those terrible Pokemon sprites popping out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, um, I think uh, Xenoblade and Splatoon of like you know newer games probably have the best chance. I, I wouldn't sure. be surprised if both of them got levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twilight Princess HD. Well, we've got Bridge of Elden, so probably not. Yeah. It'd be nice or, to see new assets for Smash Bros, though, and not just yeah. redone assets from past Smash games. Yeah, but I don't think... I mean, I'd love to see them sort of completely recreate visually these older stages, but, you know, as as Hyrule Castle and Peach's Castle and stuff have proven, they're just not going to do that. No. Um, well, like you said, authenticity. Next, next time, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think we could maybe see some 3DS upscales, though. You know, get some ports of, like, Magicant or yes. uh, that Super Nintendo-style uh, F-Zero stage. Um I think we could see stuff kind of like that. Yeah, that'd be great, just because, uh, you know, I didn't pick up the 3DS version because I wasn't crazy about it when I played it at E3, so, uh, and I was pretty satisfied with the Wii U version, but I would love to see especially Magicant on yeah. the Wii U version. I mean, there's some other good 3DS stages, too, uh, like Find Me could be really interesting, or uh, Tortimer Island I like, Nintendogs I like. Um, I feel like overall the 3DS stage selection isn't great, but there's some good ones that, that could definitely appear on Wii U and make me happy. Costumes? Costumes has been another huge initiative for Smash Bros. DLC. Um, I know not a lot of people care about them particularly, but I think there's no way we're not getting a pretty big batch of costumes, uh, or even two or three batches uh, upcoming. Yeah, looking forward to the Final Fantasy stuff. Yeah, uh, they showed the Chocobo one. I don't think that's. I don't think that's it. I, you know, I, I think. I hope a that's not it. Get like Moogle and Cactuar and Black Mage costumes, maybe even other characters. You know, from from later games who have names and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you could pretty much stack the DLC with just like uh, oh class totally. and job costumes for Final Fantasy, totally, and totally. that would be not very much effort to implement either. Yeah. Oh, completely. I think there's also a decent chance we'll get uh, some costumes for more characters that aren't playable, kind of like we saw for Krom and Lloyd Irving and uh, K. Rule. Um, you know, we could see like Takamaru or uh, Groose or the Ice Climbers, uh, Chibi Robo. Uh, we talked about Isaac. Um, the one that really I am really hoping though has any sort of chance now is Gino. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's he's got quite a bit of support among fans too. I mean, it's obviously like a, a vocal minority, but yeah. Gino more than a lot of other, you know, one-off obscure Nintendo characters really has a a vocal fan base. Yeah, and uh, like a very dedicated one and a, pre- a prevalent one too. Not mm-hmm. nearly as much as, you know, in like back in the Brawl days, but um 
now that they're working with Square Enix, actually, like, this opportunity seems way too good not to happen. Because I don't think that Gino should be a playable character anytime soon. But I think, you know, the costume kind of idea is the perfect way to sort of give that little shout out to him. And uh, now that they're working with Square Enix, they really don't have an excuse not to. Right. And I'd also love it if that means we can get some Super Mario RPG music in there. Or eventually a Super Mario RPG stage. Yeah, I mean, working with Square Enix on Smash, like, Super Mario RPG has been in that weird place where Square owns pretty much everything in that game except the fact that Mario's in it. Yeah. Um, but it still feels like a very central part of, like, Nintendo fandom. And so to, to, to not have it available in this sort of chronicle of Smash Bros and the trophies and the music collections and stuff... Um, you know, that's, that's sucked, but now they're working with Square Enix, so hopefully... We get more Mario RPG representation in Fortune Street than we do in Smash Bros, and that's just depressing. I <laughs> was thinking of Fortune Street, and I wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't think anyone would know what it is, but I'm oh. glad that you did. Yeah. That makes me really happy inside. Yeah. There's also, you know, other new content possibilities, um, like, uh, assist trophies maybe, probably not super likely. Trophies are probably, you know, we got cannon, we got, uh, what else did we get alongside that? There had to be more, but I didn't really dig much into the trophies. Yeah, anyway, we got more trophies with the Ryu stuff. Um, I, there's no way they're not gonna do trophies for at least, like, Tifa and Barret or something, uh, for Final Fantasy, or older job classes, final, classic Final Fantasy characters and stuff like that. Um... I look forward to impaling all my Nintendo characters on Sephiroth's sword, personally, in the oh, uh, photo mode. <laughs> and then using your Phoenix Downs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there's also modes, which Sakurai a long time ago said he was working on, and we haven't really seen anything except the tournament mode, which he had already announced at that point, so I feel like he wasn't referring to the tournament mode. He could have been, but... I will be greatly upset if we don't get a more like classic-style tournament mode. I'll be greatly upset if we don't get a more classic, like, classic mode. Yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> uh, I miss those little uh, mini games in between a couple of yeah. matches, like board the platforms or break the race targets. To the finish. Yeah. I'm... Even race to the finish would be would be nice. Yeah, it's, and it's so weird that they call classic mode classic mode still. It's not even no. remotely the same. Outside of Master close. Hand being at the it's end, totally it doesn't different. resemble it. Nope. <laughs> so classic mode, I'd love a target test. I don't think that's happening. Um, or a Wii U version of Smash Run would be really awesome. I think that's feasible since they've already made it on 3DS. Redo some of the textures, maybe. And and, and allow more players at a time. Uh, in oh, the, yeah. Uh, Have everyone on this the same field. Yeah. So you can encounter each other and, and interact with each other's power-ups and steal them and stuff like that. Yeah. And take out those giant boss sort of fights without losing every single time. <laughs> I, I swear, those are impossible. It'd be great to be able to, like, team up with someone and take them on. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't have anything imagined outside of, like, bringing back some of those other classics or perhaps building mm-hmm. new uh, callouts that, that sort of replace them. Sure. Um, what about, like, a playable boss mode? Like a Wii U gamepad, one person controls the, the stage boss, like Ridley or or uh, the Yellow Devil or Metal Face. You just don't want to give up on a playable Ridley. <laughs> I don't care about Ridley being playable. I just, that's a, that's an easy, like, new mode to put in. As cool as that would be, right. I think it's, it's, it's sort of, given the way Smash was developed up to this point and how little it uses gamepad features, I just can't see yeah. them trying to go all in on gamepad at this yeah. point. Although, you know, it's not a bad idea. And I mean, I kind of see it more as, like, a new mode offering and the gamepad allows it rather than saying, how can we use the gamepad? 
here's how we'll use it. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, Coming true. From a totally different place. Uh, I guess I'm just looking at sort of how pure Smash Bros. has tried to keep itself uh, right. in terms of those kinds of features. I am a little, I was a little disappointed that like they didn't have touch input on the menus. So that'd be something I'd like yeah, to see. Yeah, that'd be strange. Um, I don't think they're going to change that at this point, though. That's such a small change that if they didn't have it by the time it came out, much less by now, a year afterwards. Well, they so did much. add the touch controls to Pikmin 3 like a year later. That's um, true. But, you know, now that now that we're mentioning stuff like that, it's like it, it's sort of weird how few updates we've gotten for that game outside of like balance patches or like DLC updates or things like that. Um, there haven't really been many, very many like user experience sort of improvements. Um, Which sucks because the UI in Smash Wii U is the worst. It's fine, but navigation is kind of unintuitive. Uh, and the way they set up the way is... they set up some of the menus and the pathing to get to certain certain mm-hmm. things kind of sucks. Yeah, and like the Wii U gamepad, if if it moves at all, if it senses that the gyroscope has even been touched, it registers it as a yeah. controller. Which yeah, is it... like if you're playing online and you know somehow the movement registers before you like register with your GameCube controller, then yeah. you can't even change the controller. You have to like exit online and go back in and try again, and it's like. Why would you even... Some of these things don't make the least amount of sense, and they're so frustrating. Uh, That's what I'm referring to. Yeah. But... So, looking at the broadcast as a whole, though, I mean, I don't think they need a special broadcast just for new characters and stages, because they certainly haven't been dedicating broadcasts to past character and stage announcements, really. Um, So, I'm, I'm thinking there has to be something more than just characters and stages, so you think it might be mode heavy then? Um, maybe not mode heavy, but certainly modes. I, I mean, I feel like this has gonna, is going to take on more the character of the 50 fact extravaganza that we got uh, back before the game launched than something like an update that we've gotten in, in Nintendo Direct. I totally agree. Um, that's why I think this is going to be kind of the last hurrah for Smash DLC. I don't think they're going to, you know, like we saw the like Mario Maker stage and the Pirate Ship stage announcement uh, just drop randomly one day. I don't think we're going to see any more of those. I no. think it's going to talk about basically everything we're going to get from now until the end of Smash. Well, yeah, yeah, Sakurai just, he needs a break at this point. Yeah. 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 I think this is going to be like the huge info dump and then... I figure the only way we get any kind of surprise is maybe they tell us, oh yeah, we're going to release four new characters and then maybe we don't see the fourth one until later. Sure. Um, or, or even like, hey, we're going to release Cloud now and we're going to release, uh, you know, three new characters later. For example, King K. Rool... We decided to make him playable because of the fighter ballot, and we're going to give you two more characters, but you'll find out more about them later. Right. It's kind of like what those in a direct. Kind of like what Nintendo said about Splatoon in the last direct, where we'll yeah. be providing new DLC at least until January, but then they only told us about some of it. Right. Right. Um, I don't see any content besides new characters ever being, you know, mentioned again. I don't. I don't see any additional stages, any additional like modes or costumes or anything. I don't see that happening after this this broadcast no no i agree so hopefully they'll talk about gino <laughs> all right well it sounds like we're pretty much wrapping up then any final thoughts then about the special broadcast or anything like that i hope sakurai himself is actually hosting it that would be uh, really nice the 50 fact that. had that announcer but we need as i feel like it needs a proper send-off from him oh totally yeah especially if this ends up being you know his last one not that i really imagine it will all right well, Sakurai, if you're listening, we would love you to host this special broadcast. Um, I kind of feel like you will. I'm not terribly concerned. I wouldn't be, but we didn't have any Japanese developer presence on the last Nintendo Direct. Sure. So, who knows? Yeah. 
Anyway, well, thank you everybody so much for listening. This is the end of Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Gamnesia TV for bite-sized discussions from the show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. It really helps visibility, so we greatly appreciate it. We're up to, I think, 43 now, maybe 44. Um, we'd love to get to 50. If you like what we're doing, please consider helping out because um, making it our way to that top of that iTunes page, that would be so so awesome that's the dream that is the dream <laughs> if you have feedback for nintendo week please send it to colin at amnesia.com or you can find me on twitter at colin mcisaac and remember to send in questions about nintendo about our show uh you know we love engaging with you guys and we read them and talk about them here on the show when we've got time so it's a great way to get involved again that's colin at amnesia.com c-o-l-i-n at g-a-m-n-e-s-i-a and at colin mcisaac c-o-l-i-n-m-c-i-s-a-a-c if you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We've got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and even Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. So thank you everybody so much for listening, and we hope you have a great week. And finally, I know this has been a crazy long lightning round. And finally, I know this has been... A